Welcome to a brand new episode of Master and Apprentice. Today, it's just going to be me, and I'm recording on August 29th and uploading it the same day, too. So, yay. It's just going to be me today. Unfortunately, Rusty could not make it, so hopefully you all enjoy this episode just as much as the ones with Rusty. So, I'm. you can tell by the title. Uh, we're not going to be doing a film today. It's pretty much just going to be a fun, lighthearted episode. Not super long, not super crazy, but I still wanted to get something out to all of you guys, mainly because we discussed of having a Friday slash Saturday upload schedule along with your normalized Tuesday. Yes, our Fridays are typically reserved for the film breakdowns, but I really wanted to reserve that with Rusty since getting his opinions and kind of his overall mindset when it comes down to some of these films would be a really interesting dynamic. And I didn't want to, I guess you could say, half-bake an episode because he's not here. So I decided I'm still going to put something out there today, even though Rusty could not make it, to kind of keep that upload schedule and kind of keep you all entertained on this Saturday. Where I am, it's kind of rainy, so I thought, hey, I got nothing better to do. Might as well film this episode. As you can tell by the title, this episode is truly all about Galaxy's Edge. I know I talked about Galaxy's Edge a little bit in the past when it came down to a previous episode, but I want to kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive, my personal experience with Galaxy's Edge, and I want to figure out whether or not a lot of people are going to Galaxy's Edge now due to COVID. Um, Looks like COVID's kind of coming back into a full swing of things, unfortunately, so I don't know how long the parks are going to be open. Um, There's been a ton of new cases found, so I, I really don't know the future of Galaxy's Edge, at least during 2020. Hopefully we find something and everyone can go back to normal and everything go back to normal and we kind of go back to Galaxy's Edge in 2021. But my experience with Galaxy's Edge, I loved it. I loved it. If you have not gone to Galaxy's Edge, it is a must, especially if you are a Star Wars fan. Now, I know a lot of people may or may not like the sequels. For me, I like all films. I don't think there is a quote unquote bad film of course i like some more than others but for those of you who do not realize the galaxy's edge is centered around the sequel trilogy but that doesn't necessarily mean there are not prequel things to do there is not original trilogy things to do and you may think to yourself what do you mean when i went i only saw sequel stuff well think about it this way Yes, there is a cantina, and it's Oga's. Technically, it's not the same as A New Hope, but it kind of puts you in that New Hope mentality of walking into that bar, getting a drink, sitting down, and kind of getting that overall um, Moss Eisley cantina atmosphere, if you will. Same thing with Ride in the Falcon with Chewbacca. You still kind of get that uh, OG original trilogy vibes when I rode the ride, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit as well. Um, there are prequel lightsabers, too. There's like a Saw's Ventress you can get. There is... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I could completely be wrong on that. And I know you can get some of the older sabers like Mace Windu, etc. So there's a little bit of prequel sprinkle in there, a little bit of OT. Tiny, tiny bit. Like, not really, but, you know, it's kind of mental OT there. But it's primarily, yes, based around the sequels. You see Kylo Ren, you see Rey walking around, Chewbacca's there. Technically, Chewbacca's also from the prequels, as well as the OT. So, yeah, he's he's doable. Um, but overall, like I said, mainly focused on the sequels, which I necessarily didn't have a problem with because yes, a lot of people have said, Hey, I want to see OT stuff. I want to see prequel stuff in the parks though. Yes, I would love that as well. Don't get me wrong. I would love that as well, but I really also really wanted to have just a Star Wars experience because Galaxy's Edge is truly all about a Star Wars experience. 
I don't care what era it's set in, getting the ability to go to a theme park and having a little bit of that theme park kind of cut out to the thing that you truly enjoy, which is Star Wars for me, uh, it's nothing like it, truly nothing like it. Walking into the land the first time, I was kind of blown away. I was like, yo, what? It didn't really sink in at first until I stepped a couple more steps in. It just felt like one of those, hey, you're in a theme park, cool. But as you kind of stepped in, you see the, uh, you see the A-wing to the right. You see the canisters, the, the cast and crew all dressed up. And they're using the terminology credits instead of dollars. Because I remember I walked up and I got a Dasani water and one of the stands because it was kind of hot in Florida. Um, they were like, yeah, there'll be uh, like four credits. I can't even remember how much it was. I don't even know if it was four credits. But when I heard credits, I'm like, yo, hold up. Star Wars. And that kind of really got you in that mood and that that feel and walking around and seeing all the decor and, like I said, all the cast members and characters all dressed up and interacting with one another. It was super cool. And, dude, I don't even know where I began. I was just walking around the park aimlessly, like, wide-opened eyes, like, yo, I'm in Star Wars. And for those of you who do not realize, Galaxy's Edge actually is an official place within the Star Wars universe. It's on a planet called Batu. And Galaxy's Edge is kind of located in a place called Black Spire Outpost. There's a ton of resources and videos and comics, and now I think a book as well, dedicated just to Black Spire Outpost. Or you can even go on YouTube like I did prior to the park um, and kind of look at some of the history as well. It's set in between 8 and 9. What's actually super cool, since that is set in between 8 and 9, my rational thinking is if you visit the park, guess what? You're in Star Wars. You're a Star Wars character. So I'm a Star Wars character, and that's super sick. Back to the topic of the hand. I started walking around the park, and I was like, yo, this is so dope. I, I don't even know where to begin. I think the first thing that I did when I walked in there is I just sat down. I remember sitting down specifically and just gazing upon the park, just kind of like in awe, like, yo, I'm in star wars because you really get that immersive feel right i know it's probably not the same right now due to covid and everything but at least when i went prior to covid last year around october uh it was amazing it was like of course no masks no social distancing there's a ton of people yada 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 but amazing experience amazing amazing experience and after i kind of sat down and just kind of collected myself because they give you a little book they give you a little booklet um, with each part of the park in there as well with Arbesh and it, it really kind of got you immersed in it a little bit more because it said traveler's guide on it because it makes you felt like you're in a distant world like far far away um, I think one of the first things that I did um, in the morning actually prior to the park because I really wanted to build a lightsaber dude I got up super early to reserve a spot at Savi's workshop and we'll kind of get into Savi's in just a minute as well um Prior to the park, I woke up at like, I want to say six, five in my hotel room, got onto Disney.com or wherever I went to to reserve my Savi spot, reserved it. Dude, I was hyped. Prior to even going to Disney Park, I can remember, I'm probably a little crazy for doing this, but going online, looking at every single Savi's workshop videos on YouTube, man, it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, yo, this experience is going to be nuts. And I did not disappoint. It did not disappoint. Like I said, we'll get into that in a minute. 
So after that, I went downstairs, got my breakfast, headed out, of course, got to the park and sat down, did the whole, oh, whoa, this is amazing, spiel. And then I kind of went around, right? I think the first place that I went to is the marketplace. And I kind of looked around there and I was kind of in awe, once again, of the merchants, some of the decor. It all really felt like it was a part of a Star Wars universe. They have a Tordarian toy maker, and for those who don't know what Tordarians are, they're the same species as um, Watto from Episode 1. It was really cool to see all that decor, and like I said, a lot of things that kind of fit the universe. Of course, there were some things in that marketplace that really didn't, quote-unquote, fit the universe, but really still fit in the 21st century of what we know today, like a t-shirt, you can get Jedi robes etc. But each little individual shop on that little strip was different. They all sold different things. They all kind of represented a different part of the market. Super cool. Super cool to see people interacting with some of this stuff too because I know a lot of the products you could try out, hold, or even touch and kind of like look at. Like I said, super cool. I didn't get anything from the Toydarian toy maker or anything from that particular shop even though they had a couple cool things like a couple hats they had a couple um, jackets that I really liked as well. But I was like, you know what? I don't know. I just want to see what's around the park first because I'm already going to drop over $200, I believe. I believe it was $250, if I'm not mistaken, if not $200, on my Savi's lightsaber. And I'll kind of get into the why that's as expensive as it is. After that, I was kind of going around and I think I reserved my um, time for about 3 p.m. And I got to the park a little earlier, like maybe maybe right when it opened, if not, maybe like 10 a.m. Can't exactly remember. It's been over a year for me. I kind of wandered around the park and then I also jumped in line because I asked Catherine like, hey, quick question. Want to do the Falcon? Don't know how long it is. And he goes, man, honestly, the, the line's probably the longest part. You can kind of get through the Falcon ride within probably 15 minutes. I'm like, cool, sure. Jumped in line at the Falcon then after the, the little uh, the shop, right? The line was long, I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, it was immersive. Because yes, I hate standing in lines. I think we all do as well, especially for the ride that you really want to jump on too. But what's super cool about waiting in this line is it really got you the opportunity to see all different parts of Galaxy's Edge within that little area, right? You kind of saw behind the Falcon because they have a, a live Millennium Falcon, like a life-size, it's massive. You get to see it behind it. You get to see indoors. You get to see all these nooks and crannies of cargo piled up. You get to see little Easter eggs all along this little line that takes you directly to the Falcon. So once there, you're kind of greeted uh, and people, of course, asked your party size and everything. So for me, it was just me there. So I was a party one. I got stuck with three other people. Super cool, super nice people. Um, they're probably not going to recognize me. But if you're listening, what's good? What's happening? Uh, you know, we, we tried our best, guys. That's all I'm going to say. We definitely tried our best. Um, so they kind of give you a, a role. They assign you roles or engineers, pilots, and gunners. And I got the gunner role. And I was like, yo, who want the smoke? Y'all don't, y'all don't know about this aim. <laughs> so, um, once I got my gunner seat, uh, it was super cool because 
right before you jump in the cockpit, you get in, uh, I guess you could say, the living area of the Falcon. You get to see the the hollow table. Um, You get to chill with a couple of people. It was, man, it was amazing. And then once you kind of get in, you get strapped in, you get your seatbelts buckled and everything, and then you see Hondo on your side. Um, And then he kind of talks to you about the mission. You have to get some coaxium. And, dude, it was such a really cool experience getting to fly the Falcon, shoot the Falcon. And you get to go into hyperspace. Man, it was such a cool ride. Like, it shakes, it moves. You kind of feel like you're flying a little bit. And the whole, um, the visual effects that kind of show you what's going on in the front are amazing. Like I said, it really felt like you're flying the Falcon. Really felt like you're flying the Falcon. Um... Of course, you didn't get to keep your uh, your register cards of what you're doing, gunner, pilot, engineer, etc. Unfortunately, I had to give those back, but I really love to keep them. Super cool. I think I took a picture of them. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, yo, that was amazing. I definitely want to do it again, but I don't want to stand in line and wait because I do have Asavi's lightsaber experience. And then I went to the little restaurant. It has technically, I guess you could say it has a couple. Um... Galaxy's Edge has Ronto wraps and everything, and that's right next to the marketplace. Um, I'm actually going to look up right now what it's called because it's kind of bugging me. It had amazing food. Amazing food. I know it might be a little overpriced. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, with the... with the um, I'm blanking on the name, guys. I'm blanking on the name. Right next to the, the shops, the, the marketplace, I mean. Right next to the marketplace, there is a place where you can buy kind of carnival-style food in a way. Like, in a way, um, uh, like kind of like Ronto Wraps, which is kind of like a uh, small like little taco in a way with a couple things. Um, you get popcorn. Like I said, it's kind of like carnival food in a way, but it's, it's not in a way too. Um, ah, that's what this is called. Um, Satuli's Canteen is what it's called. And that's where you got the real food. And of course they had everything, um, absolutely inspired by actual Star Wars stuff. And I really don't know if this is food in the Star Wars universe or not, but it's near Docking Bay 7. Um, it's super cool because you have like uh, Tip Yip is I think what the, um, or at least one of the one of the food items is what it's called. And it's like actual food. They kind of give it to you in this uh, metal kind of spoonish shape with all the food in there. It, dude, it's really good. It had a lot of things. Yes, it's a little more expensive than if you just go out and just regularly get this stuff. But hey, it was part of the experience. And I really wanted to experience everything a part of Galaxy's Edge. Getting there and getting the food, super cool. Getting to sit down in this area that really felt like a cargo hold. Really cool. Really cool. Um, yes, there is a uh, Galaxy's Edge spork. Um, a lot of people were taking that. Don't know why, but dude, now that's going for money online. And I think now you can buy it too, if I'm not mistaken, at the at the shops near Docking Bay 7. Um, 
then after that, man, let's now talk about Ogas because I went to Ogas directly right after that because I had a little bit of time to kill still. And like I said, Ogas Cantina is very close to resemble the OG Cantina of New Hope, right? Um, but of course, it's in the sequel trilogy, so you're not going to see Luke Han Leia or anything. Uh, but oh man, it's super cool. There's a waiting line. Yes, another line, but at the same time, and you also got a limited amount of time there. But, oh my goodness, guys, it was incredible. Yes, there are a lot of people crowding around the bars and some of the stools and everything, but getting to see all the atmosphere, it's DJ Rex playing in the background, all the wires hanging from the ceiling, the cast members making your drinks, making it feel like you're actually in a star wars cantina it was super cool and they have a lot of drinks really inspired by uh some of the star wars um characters there's something called the blue bantha there's a jedi mind trick there's the outer rim there's the Oga obsession there's a fuzzy tauntaun and these are all the name of the drinks and some of the drinks cool like two actually came with like really cool collectibles because i remember there was like a little pork mug that you can get um oh man super cool i didn't get anything special i just got a little beer there and that was it it wasn't like too crazy but i really wanted some of that stuff like that that pork mug and i remember too they gave you a collectible coaster too it's it's paper so it would definitely melt or kind of like deform if you get it wet um but I remember mine had a, uh, I think a Rancor on it, if I'm not mistaken. I know the guy next to me, he had a Wampa. So I think you can get a couple of creatures on there too. But man, some of the some of the drinks there look super cool. Some of the collectibles there, like some of the mugs you can get, super cool too. I know, I think you can also purchase a mug separately as well. Um, but there's that. And then it was my favorite time favorite time i got to go to savi's workshop now savi's workshop for those of you who do not know or maybe are completely unaware because you went to disneyland and you didn't know what savi's was due to corona um savi's workshop was a dedicated space that you got to build your own custom lightsaber right so how savi's operated was of course you have to make a reservation it's around 200 to 250 dollars you have to pay in advance um, and you get to choose between four individual lightsaber sets. And each set is based off of something different. Um, there's power and control, peace and justice, elemental nature, and um, I think power defense, if I'm not mistaken. Not power and defense, sorry. Um, I can't remember. Something, something of defense. Um, I'm going to now look that up too. But long story super short. You got to pick one of those four, and each four had two theoretical sabers that you can build. And of course, you can mix and match pieces between those two sabers, but you can only get your respected sabers, sabers pieces. So I went with uh, Peace and Justice, which was... No, I didn't go with Peace and Justice. I went with um, the, the defense one which is the Old Republic Saber. So you got, like I said, you got two um, Saber uh, parts that you can theoretically build two Sabers on, and of course you can mix and match. So I I built mine, 
centered around the Old Republic because I really wanted that Old Republic feel. And of course, some had more, I guess you could say, modern looks like the Peace and Justice one. You got the more dark side energy theoretical one, um, which is power and control. You also got elemental nature. Uh, oh, protection of defense. That's what it was. So protection of defense was mine, and it was right around the Old Republic. But like I said, um, I know I'm jumping over the place, so I apologize. Peace and justice, power and control, elemental nature, and protection of defense. So kind of go through these really quick. Um, you got peace and justice really centered around the... Uh, well, this one. Oh, I am wrong. I am wrong. Yeah, wow, I am wrong. Yeah, no, I am right. Sorry, I was just looking at a, I was just looking at the descriptions. So Peace and Justice is truly um, focused around your modern day lightsaber, right? Kind of like your Obi-Wan, Anakin, etc., right? Super cool. You got power control all focused around really like the Sith the whole like dark side like you got a lot of blacks and grays in there you got the elemental nature which is my second favorite choice is you kind of got this like wooded elemental nature type of vial where you got some wood in there you got some metal you got some like old carvings super cool you got the protection to the fence which is really labeled on your uh old republic style now, for those of you who are not super Star Wars fans, Old Republic, of course, south in years before episode one, at least in Legends. Don't know how long it is now in current canon, but you got equipped with one hilt. You got two sleeves, two emitters, two pommels, and you also got two activation plates you could choose from. Now, of course, you have to pick one of each, and within the four sleeves, you get to pick two. The two emitters, you have to pick one. The two pommels, you have to pick one. And the two activation plates, you have to pick one set. So that being said, it allows you to create your own custom lightsaber. And it was super cool because they kind of had this whole little role play experience. Yes, this is not your cheapest saber. It's $200. And of course, I'm going to hear and I always hear, oh, you can buy better sabers online. You can buy better sabers online. Yes, that is true. But you don't get the experience. You don't have something that's yours that you hand built and you don't really get to feel like a jedi when you're just picking your parts either online i know they have quote-unquote custom savers online but you pick your parts from like a clickable thing and they mail it to your house and that's just not as fun as hand building it but man when i went in there i remember um all uh after i paid i was in a group and we were just chatting we're like yo i wonder how this experience is gonna be we're all just kind of like new to this we're all just kind of chatting and then a guy runs up to us man and he goes yo were you were uh were you guys spotted we're like huh whose man's is this of course he was in um attire right but he goes no seriously were you guys spotted and then we're like dude what are you talking about spotted by who he's like so I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a no. Good. Follow me. And then we're like, is that the guy? I think that's the guy. I think we got to follow him. So we followed him and we went into this room. We got to see a whole bunch of computers, a couple old Imperial helmets and everything. And when we got in there, man, and yes, I kind of spoiled the experience a little bit. I already knew what's going to happen because I've watched every video under the sun prior. But when he got in there, man, it was awe-inspiring. This U-shaped table with a whole bunch of 
I guess you could say, different parts around the area. And man, he said, okay, I want everyone to line up in a U and pick a space. So we all got our assigned, our dedicated spaces. And he kind of says, so I'm glad none of you were followed by the First Order. As you know, Jedi, they're really not the most popular around here. And he kind of gave us this whole story about how Jedi are being exterminated by the First Order and how they're on the run. And you really can't know if you're a Jedi. And they've kind of um, called themselves the Gatherers. And they kind of go through the galaxy finding individual parts and bring it back here for future Jedi to build their lightsabers. Oh, it was such a cool like little story. And it really got you immersed. And after you got your parts and everything... Uh, well, before you bought your parts, they kind of told you about the kyber crystals, too. They kind of went into, like, little details about each color, blue, green, purple, and red. And those are the colors you have to choose from while you're at Sabi's. Now, if you're at Doc Onders, which we'll get into afterwards, you can actually get more colors for your saber. You can even get all of them if you really want to. But he kind of went into, hey... We have the blue, it's supposed to represent peace. We have Anakin wheeling this one. We have um, Obi-Wan, they kind of went through a couple things. The same thing with the green one, like Yoda, and they said the crystal power is red, um, Mace Windu purple, etc., etc. And then the coolest part, man, I honestly, I didn't know what color I wanted at first. I was thinking purple because there's not a lot of Jedi out there with purple sabers. So I really wanted to get a purple saber at first. But then he said, man, I want... Because I really wanted to get this whole role-playing element, too, and make that experience that much better. He said, close your eyes. Use the Force. Reach out. Feel what color crystal calls to you most. And to be honest, man, the first thing I saw in my mind was blue. So I went with blue. In getting your own crystal and picking your own crystal, yes, it's only just a piece of plastic crystal, and yes, you can get them at Doc Ondar's, and yes, you can get them off Amazon, etc., etc. But picking that crystal out and calling it your own crystal was something special about it. I don't know. Then you kind of got this whole um, interaction between the cast members of interesting choice. I'm glad that crystal chose you. I can feel that connection. It really got you in the immersed within that experience. Super cool. Loved it. Um, and then you got your uh, all your pieces. You start building it. Of course, if you have trouble, the cast members help you out. And after you finished um, holding your saber, literally holding your saber, you're just like, "Yo, this is my lightsaber, mine. I built my own lightsaber." And what was cool is since everyone was doing it too, you felt like a little Jedi Council in a, in a way. You felt like your own little Jedi Council. Then he says, "All right, guys." Now that your saber is complete, place it in front of you. And there's like this little stand and getting to see everyone's saber on the stand and your saber in front of you too. And oh man, it was super cool. It was really immersive. Like we all felt like Jedi in there. Um, then you had some of the cast members like, oh, I see you got elemental nature. I see the um, you got that rancor tooth at the side. Interesting choice. And kind of like kind of gave you a little monologue about your character when you're building the saber like he went to mine man i remember this very distinctly he looked at me he looked at mine he goes i can tell you're experienced you've done this before haven't you i'm just like nah man it's my first time he goes don't be modest don't be modest i know we're on the run and everything but i can already tell you're a master and he just kind of went around dude it was just super cool this experience dude I, it was nothing 
like I've ever experienced before. I, like I said, I know people are going to argue you can buy way better sabers online, but you never get this experience. You never get this experience. Having the cast members then um, put in the quote-unquote activation chamber, Yoda's voice coming along and kind of showing you that you're all Jedi, you have this great journey, it's now complete, and then everyone in the dark has their hand on their sabers at that point, and having the cast members say ignite, everyone's igniting their lightsaber at once, your lightsaber drawer rolls back, everyone's saber is very present illuminated it's really dope and he says raise your sabers and once everyone raised their sabers man in the dark in the same place like i said there is nothing like it felt like you're in a jedi council holding your sabers and he kind of gives you a really cool sheath toward the end you can carry around the park or even at home with man um tsa is super cool they even let me go through it they didn't care like i walked up and like yo lightsaber Kind of bring it through. They're like, yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, man, best experience ever, ever. It's it's unfortunate it's not going on right now because that is probably one of the best parts of Galaxy's Edge. And I'm not even kidding. It is the best part. It is way worth the $200. I would even pay more to do that experience again. And like I said, and I will repeat this, Yes, you can buy better sabers online than NeoPixels and etc. etc. But having the ability to literally be in a Star Wars themed environment with a whole bunch of other Star Wars fans, building a lightsaber, constructing it, getting a monologue about your character, getting a monologue about the crystals igniting it with everyone else and sharing that same joy there is nothing like it i will take this saber and that experience over any superior saber on the market today to this day still that lightsaber that i have is one of my most prized possession for star wars at least that i own it's displayed next to my bedside table of course i don't ignite it it's just there for display, and every time I look at it, I'm always continuously reminded of the experience that I had at Disney World. And like I said, man, honestly, that is an unforgettable experience that I will not trade for anything. Love the experience. So you got the sheath toward the end. You got to put your saber in. Super cool. Loved it. Uh, you can carry around in the park. And what's actually super cool, too, is... If you have that, uh, if you have the saber out, or if the first order sees you with the saber, they might go, uh, "What is that? Why do you have it?" And they kind of like ask you about it too, and um, sometimes they'll roast you because I remember there was one video that I saw where someone said, "Yeah, it's a lightsaber," and then um, <laughs> I can't remember what the exact dialogue was, but I remember a stormtrooper going up to this guy and go there's there's a one last jedi and it's not you or something and i was like yo <laughs> yo they roasting him so I, like i said man super cool loved it then i went to doc Ondars and i didn't know this at the time but once you you can actually purchase the rest of your saber components there too so let's just say if you get elemental nature and you get your your combination that you really enjoy and you make your saber that way um you can buy the rest of the components there right so you can buy all the other parts of Elemental Nature to complete your set if you really want to. But what I always wanted to do is go back four more times and get every saber. 
I wanted to get all four. I really wanted to get all four. I wanted to get Elemental Nature. I wanted to get Power and Control. And I also wanted to get Peace and Justice. I wanted to get all of them. Um, just to display. And of course, I wanted all the parts too. Um, and it, it's unfortunate, man, due to COVID. And people can't do this experience. What I wanted them to do. Um, I don't know if they are going to do this. But like I said, it's been, it's been a year since Galaxy's Edge has opened. And they haven't included any new Legacy Sabers. Or they have not even included any new Sabi Sabers. And I would love to see this. This is my personal recommendation for Disney. Disney, if you're listening, like, listen up. I know you ain't listening, but if you are, just take some notes. Get out your pen and paper, however you do it. Maybe put it in your iPhone. I don't know what you do, but do it. Bring new Sabers into the shop. Bring new sabers in the dark on dars yes keep some of the sabers around some of them you can even make limited edition if you really want to but bring new in i want to see count dooku right i want to see palpatine i want to see more og legacy sabers in your shop for sabis i want seasons seasons Yes, people will be upset. Some will, at least. I want rotations. I want your four that you currently have right now. You can keep them for a little bit. Then switch out for a new four. Maybe maybe like uh, have two, three seasons a year. And then switch them out, right? Or what you could even do is every year just switch out four new sabers. Because you're still advertising. Like I said, of course, they're not open anymore. But you're still advertising the same sabers that I saw a year ago. Nothing wrong with them. I still want to get all of them and complete my collection and display them all. But I would love to see new sabers and get that extra customization. Because imagine having four saber sets released or more. And every saber set, you get four new sabers to choose from. This way, it will get you the absolute most customization options. And no one's ever going to have the same sabers. Because here's here's the problem right now with sabis. And this is the only the problem that I have with sabis. Is you only get two choices per saber, right? So, you, like I said, you get one emitter. You get one pommel, etc., etc. Fine. But someone's going to have that same saber as you. Eventually, right? Unless you collect more Sabi's parts from other sabers like power and control, etc. And then customize it that way. And sometimes even then, maybe, maybe someone might have the same thing as you. That's not a problem, but I thought it would be a lot more entertaining and cool to have your own, like, super limited saber that no one else has, right? Let's just say you got, like, seven, eight different lightsabers now to choose from. And you can choose all these different things and mix and match between the two and create your own absolute amazing saber. Like I said, there's still there's still a lot of customization options you could do with the four. But that's just my interpretation. Disney, have a rotation with your Sabi sabers. Change them out every year, if not two times a year, to kind of get that new fresh idea flowing. Because I don't want to go back to the uh, Sabi's. Um, like a year later and still see everything is the exact same 
And granted, yes, this is a little bit expensive. Like I said, it is $200. But I will do those $200 to get every new Saber. I will do that experience multiple times because I loved it that much. And I want to see what new options there are potentially within the park. Um, yes, I still want all the original Sabi stuff. I want the power control. I want all of them. I want the elemental nature. I want them all. Um, but like I said, man, the customization is really what I think for me should stand out more. And yes, you can build your own custom saber with the ones that you got. And yes, you can get the parts and you can even buy parts online like eBay, etc. But that's, that's my only, I guess you could say thing with Sabi's is right now there's still only four sabers to choose from. And I know everyone who is a hardcore lightsaber enthusiast, especially with Disney probably already has them all, which is fine. And then the, let's go now to Doc Ondar's. Doc Ondar's is your den of antiquities. It's what it's called. Um, selling everything from lightsabers. And when I mean lightsabers, I mean legacy lightsabers, which are accurate replicas of the actual lightsabers they use in the films. You can get things like Anakin's. You can get things like uh, Asad's Ventress, Ahsoka Tano. You can get all these super cool sabers, Mace Windu. And they all come with this like really cool um, plastic box to display it in. They even had Kylo Ren and they even had two limited edition sabers, Ben Solo. And they also had um, Rey's Broken Saber. So I thought that was super cool. They released limited edition ones. And those are a little bit cheaper. They're on like 150 or so. But the thing is, those do not come with a kyber crystal so you can't interchange the color or anything and they don't come with a blade so you would have to purchase the blade separately and the blade if i am not mistaken is like 30 to 40 dollars so that's an extra charge you're going to do on top but at doc Anders too you can also purchase additional kyber crystal um kyber crystals for that matter for your saber for your sabi saber so you can always interchange the kyber crystal inside which is super cool which also of course makes the blade a certain color which is really cool detail love it love it love it um you can also purchase holocrons there jedi and sith holocrons and the color of kyber crystals that you can get totally forgot to mention are going to be blue green purple you also get white red and yellow um there's also a quote-unquote obsidian color which is black it still shows up as red um but that's in the red containers and they're very very rare and hard to find so if you do find one you are lucky dude i tried um but that's that for the kyber crystals um at least not for the sabers at least i mean for the the higher holocrons so the holocrons of course for those star wars people know it's like uh, information that's stored in these little databases um, and how holocrons and galaxy's edge work is you put a kyber crystal in any color and that crystal will kind of have a voice or a phrase from a character in the star wars universe for example let's just say you have a green one and you put in the jedi holocron you might hear yoda and yes you can put any holocron into any uh, i mean any crystal into any holocron Meaning you can put a Sith crystal in a Jedi holocron or a Jedi crystal in a Sith holocron. It doesn't matter. You always get a different reaction. And they're super cool too. Really cool display pieces. That's really all they do though. Um, you also get 
different options to buy um, different pieces of merch in docks as well. Beyond lightsabers, beyond holocrons, beyond crystals, you also got like these little cool accessories. You also get like little name tags you can get, busts, statues, um, certain pieces of clothing in there. You had everything a Star Wars fan could want in there. Super cool, super detailed. And on the walls of Dog Andres too, you always have these like ancient weapons. You also have current weapons. Um, you also have like helmets from previous movies, past movies, current movies, all these little Easter eggs, super cool. I'd recommend like going on YouTube right now and checking it out. If you can't go to Galaxy's Edge and to be honest, at this point in time, I wouldn't recommend anyone going to Galaxy's Edge due to the fact COVID is unfortunately a thing and becoming evidently more rampant now. It's unfortunate. But it is what it is. But like I said, man, um, I would go on YouTube and watch uh, a couple people. There's one guy in particular I would recommend watching. Uh, well, guy and girl. They go by the names of Ordinary Adventures. They kind of do a Doc Ondar's wall breakdown. And they did it a couple parts. So you can really see where and what they have on the wall and where it came from. Because Doc Ondar, his story is he kind of went across the galaxy and found all these things and he sold them in his den of antiquities it's super cool um kind of going on from there of course then i went back because i was kind of hungry again but instead of going there i went to uh the docking bay seven area got a got a run to wrap um and i got a couple of other uh, smaller food items there and just sat down looked at the people in the park looked at the cast members looked at the environment looked stared at the falcon again loved it super cool ate the food and after i was done man i still couldn't believe where i was and then i was like you know what i haven't done yet i have not checked out the droid factory so they have a place called droid depot which you can build your own like little custom r2 or bb unit um, there's, that's the only ones you can pick from R2 or BB and the, uh, the BB unit's going to be a little bit more limited than your R2 series, but you pick that in the front. It's around $99. Uh, it's this remote controlled, smaller droid that you could build and you can make it blue, green, whatever. You can even give it different personality chips and it's super cool because apparently they're supposed to also interact with the land and other droids around. So once you kind of build your droid, they kind of give you this like little or prior to building your droid, they give you this basket and show you how to assemble it, etc., etc. They give you this conveyor belt to choose your parts from. Um, like I said, the R2 is going to be a little bit more customizable because there is a little bit more parts with the BB units. Only you get the little uh, the internal components and then you get your shell. And you, can, you have to choose two of the same shells so you can't have one top green, one half blue because that will disrupt the whole flow of things. But anyway, it's okay. But you can choose the style of head the BB has. Do you want like a more rounded one? Do you want more a square one? It's up to you. Same thing with the R2 units. And each one has a different color. Now, you don't get to choose a personality chip when you're doing the droid. You just do your droid. And then once you're done... You take your droid over to um, the activation area where essentially they put it in this little chamber. You press a button. It activates with speech, everything. It's like turning its head. It starts beeping, booping, and you're like, yo, this is so cool. They give you a little remote control for you to control it with. And now uh, they actually introduced you to a 
app you can actually get an ios and google play store about um droid depot so you can actually control your droid from your phone now super cool and if you want you can also buy additional accessories for your droid at the shop too as well as personality chips so if you want your droid to resemble the first order a little bit more or the resistance or have this more of a sassy attitude you can do that all directly from these personality chips they also sell a couple of other droid accessories like t-shirts uh, keychains etc etc all right here or you can even buy a life-sized r2d2 for around ten thousand dollars if you really want to as well didn't do that but super cool um then i walked outside and i saw a whole bunch of kids playing with their droids in this like little droid area amazing super fun and then i started to walk around the park a little more man um now they also have a big, amazing ride there called Ride of the Resistance that I really wanted to get on, but unfortunately, it wasn't available when I was there. And then I saw more of the park, more of the shops, and I just did a lot more exploring. Um, those are the main three things I guess you could say I would recommend going for, the Droid Depot, the Falcon Ride, um, the food a little bit. Um, also, the... Uh, whatchamacallit, Sabi's workshop, the main main things you can do there. But like I said, there's still a couple things to do there in terms of Easter eggs, walking around, seeing scenery, interacting with certain things, um, reading Arbesh on certain things as well. And if you're a big Star Wars fan, you're really there for the scenery rather than some of the activities. Because I guess if you're not a big Star Wars fan, you can probably blow through the entire park within an hour, an hour and a half if you do everything. But if you're a big Star Wars fan, you can spend the entire day from start to finish there. Um, since I was, it was, like I said, the the most amazing Star Wars experience. Oh, one, one big thing I forgot to mention too. They have something called the First Order Cargo Bay, which had a whole bunch of First Order ships there, themes. You hear tire fire flying over. You get a little Kylo Ren show over there as well. And they have a whole bunch of First Order merchandise, which I bought a t-shirt from, the 709th Legion Stormtrooper Division, and had Arbesh in the back, favorite shirt ever. Um, they, had, they had so many cool things. You could buy, like, First Order weaponry, helmets, suits, etc. Man, it was super cool. But like I said, if you really want a full immersive experience of Galaxy's Edge... I can keep talking about this forever, but I definitely recommend that you go. Or if you can't go and you really want to experience it or kind of get a better understanding of it, I'd recommend just watching some Galaxy's Edge YouTube videos. I wouldn't recommend watching the current ones, mainly it's because Corona has limited the the overall exposure and the kind of experience to Galaxy's Edge. So I'd watch some of the older ones, maybe like from a year ago, and really see what Galaxy's Edge was like at its peak. I'm really excited to see how Galaxy's Edge evolves over time. I hope they expand it. I hope they get new merchandise, new rides, new sabers. I also kind of hope they expand the park. What I would also love to see, not going to happen, but I would also love to see an entire theme park. Like, literally, think of the entire Disneyland as Star Wars. Love it. I know they're trying to do a whole Marvel's Avengers Academy thing, which I'm going to try to go do too. Um, but mainly, man, I was there for Star Wars, and I loved it. I loved it. Definitely recommend going. Want to go back. Want to do it all over again. Like I said, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this little video, even though it was just me today, and I was kind of rambling about Galaxy's Edge. But hopefully you all enjoyed. 
and I will be back Tuesday. Hopefully Rusty can join me this Tuesday. And if you have joined uh, us on this journey, we welcome you back. And if it's your first time listening, hey, thanks for stopping by. And thanks for listening to me rant about Galaxy's Edge for pretty much an hour. Anyway, guys, hopefully you have a great rest of your weekend. And if you're listening to this on a weekday, have a great week. And I will talk to you all later. Take care.